Amen. Hey, once again, we are in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. Eric, I'm not even looking at you. It's number 15 what? Satanism and the rise of devil. That's right. You said that with confidence. Yeah, well, if I didn't know better, I'd say you're an intern. But, uh, but that's right. Uh, Satanism and the rise of devil worship. What? People would actually worship the devil? Mm-hmm. That's where we're at finally in our study, unfortunately. Now, by way of recap, because that's what we do here. Uh, at Sunrise Bible Church, we've already seen, of course, the existence of Satan, which you would think would be common sense, but what do we see? 91 to 99% of Americans don't even believe in a literal devil. Then if we thought that was bad enough, we saw that 65% of people professing to be Christians in the church don't believe in a literal devil. And because of that, guess what? It's on the rise. He is invading, taking over even churches, as we saw there on that first study. And then because he's real, we begin to take a look uh, at his character, and not just his character, his tactics. Why? Uh, because it's in the Bible, and as a Christian, you're supposed to what? Study only parts of the Bible? Only what you want? No, all the Bible, right? Otherwise, you're going to end up being a member of a half-baked Christian. You don't want to be gooey on one side and cooked on the... No, you want to be cooked like a yummy pancake on both sides, okay? And so we began to study. So why does God have not only prophecy all over the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament? Why does he talk about this critter called Satan and demons? Why? It's for our good, so that we know what we're up against. Not only what is he like in his character, evil, okay, uh, but he really is out there. The scripture says he's scheming against us. Every day you may not see it or realize you're not. Paul says in Ephesians 6, not all of our battles are against flesh and blood. Some, it's not just natural. Sometimes it's supernatural. I don't need to walk around in fear, but don't stick your head in the sand. Act like it's not going on. God gives us so much detail, not just about the future, for our good, he gives us a lot about this entity called Satan for our good, so we don't fall for his traps. And then we begin to take a look at the history of Satanism. How did we get in this mess? How do we get in this mess where, man, you would think that if, if everybody can agree on, it's that there's a devil. Well, 91 to 99% of our so-called American community doesn't think so. And then how do we get in the point where the church, okay, I see the world not getting it, uh, but the church, how do we get into that shape. Well, that's what we begin to take a look at the history, okay? And what we saw basically is that um, it started in what? Genesis chapter 3, right? That Satan first got Eve to doubt God, then he called God a liar, and then he says, listen to me, I'm a good guy, do what I say, and then you're going to have a great life. Obviously, it didn't work out. That was called the fall of man. So he's using the same tactic today to cause this rise of Satanism and actual worship of the devil, okay? Now, to save us from uh, going from Genesis 3 forward to current times and having a 9,000-week study, we decided, well, let's just start somewhere. And we started basically in the 1800s. And we saw that basically Satan is doing the same thing. He starts with what? Just like the Garden of Eden, get people to doubt God. In the 1800s, you had the birth of the law called evolution, which is the intellectual excuse to say, oh, there is no God, right? Which is a lie, okay? Romans chapter 1 says uh, you become inflated, right? You, you act like you're wise, but you're a bunch of fools. Why? Because you have the audacity to say, even though God's given you so much proof of his existence, that there is no creator. And then you worship created things instead of the creator. But evolution gets people to what? It came on the scene in the 1800s and got people to what? Doubt God. Right after that, here comes the rise of these people saying, hey, Satan's a good guy. Let's listen to him. 
right? It's crazy, exactly like Genesis chapter three. We saw that started with the Romantics. That's not that band in the 80s. This is the people that basically through art, literature, music of the day, the liberals of the day, the leftists of the day, remember that? In the socialism, communism, they're the ones that started this Satan's a good guy and he's wonderful. Now it goes from the Romantics into Madame Blavatsky. Blavatsky, of course, started Theosophy, Theosophos, God wisdom, supposed to be the higher wisdom. No, it's Satan's wisdom, which you don't want to listen and it's not wise. But that's what she started. Theosophy was basically that Satan's a good guy and we need to listen to him. And if we do it, we're going to create this new world order, this new age, and it's going to be a utopia especially if you follow this one world leader that's coming down the pike. What is that? It's the Antichrist kingdom. And the Bible is the only book on the planet that tells you what this is, okay? But that's how it started. Now it goes from her, okay, to Annie Besant, okay, and then Alice Bailey, if you recall, okay? And there's no bones about, folks, what they believe. All, it's the same thing. They're getting this from demons that are speaking to them, okay? Spirits, you know, but they're demons, okay? And they're basically saying Lucifer is a good guy. It's the same lie, right? And that was uh, uh, Blavatsky's journal, the Lucifer journal. They make no bones about it. They think he's a good guy, right? And same thing with Bailey, right? Lucifer Publishing, which is now Lucifer's Trust. Same thing, still means the same thing uh, in the Latin there. And, and we saw they're still today still working with the UN, right? And uh, pushing this idea that we need to doubt God, he's not real, rebel against Christianity, they got it wrong, Satan's a good guy, and we need to build a one-world government, a one-world economy, a one-world religion, and look for a coming one-world ruler, and we can create the new age, the utopia. And what is it? It's really the Luciferian age, the Satanic age. But that's what's going on uh, so far. Now, we're going to get into the next guy. Okay, and remember when that they said in order for this new age, this new world order, in order for it to take place, what, what, what's got to take place first? They said certain people must disappear from the planet. Then this wonderful new age, new utopia by listening to Lucifer himself is going to be on the planet and blah, 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 blah. Okay, now believe it or not, it's going to continue now through this next guy right? And his name is Aleister Crowley. We've done little bits and pieces of him in some of our other studies. I'm going to see if I can put it together tonight. Uh, but again, guess what? He too is speaking to demons, and guess what they're telling him? The same thing. Lucifer's a good guy, and there's going to come a new age, and it's going to be great if you just rebel against God, Genesis 3, and do what Satan says, okay? Now, before we get that, let's remind ourselves that this is what Satan does throughout history, he literally grabs people while they're alive, captures them, puts a noose around their neck, basically, and he uses them to do their will. I didn't say that God did, right? And this is in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 is our opening text tonight. And let's take a look at uh, what Satan uh, was doing uh, at the birth of the church in the New Testament, and he's still using the same old tactic today. But 2 Timothy... Chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 15 through 26. Okay, when you get there, say moo. Moo. That was a, that was a heartfelt one, Pastor Bobby. That, I, 
I, I almost want to take you out for steak. That was <laughs> bringing a little tear to my eye. But anyway, that's right. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. We're going to read 15 through 26. Let's take a look there. Uh, do your best to skip over parts of the Bible that you don't want to hear. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong translation. Who, wrong Bible. Uh, do your best to present yourself as God one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Well, how do you do that? It rhymes with study all the Bible. That's how you get to that point, right? And that's why we're studying what we're studying, right? All of it. And it says this, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. What's gangrene? That's like pus, man. That's gross. You know, get, it's infection time. Don't do it, right? And he says, among them are, wait a second. Hey, what are, hey don't, don't call anybody out. Don't call people out by name. You guys shouldn't call people out by name. That's not right. What's Paul saying here? Among them, whose teaching is spreading like gangrene, causing poison to the church? Uh, Hymenaeus and Philetus. Oops. You know, that's been there for 2,000 years. And that ain't the only one. There's other people called out by name in the scripture. So that's a lie. And I think I know who came up with the lie because it allows false teachers to prosper. Right? That you can't call somebody out by name. How does it help the church if you're up there and you're saying, well, there's some guy out there and he's doing some wrong stuff and he's got this really bad teaching going around. And I tell you what, it's, it's going to mess up your life if you follow it and, and just don't do it. Gee, thanks, Pastor. <laughs> Who and what? Call him out by name, right? There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually biblical. Uh, Who have wandered away from the truth and they say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses that the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In fact, in the uh, large house, there's uh, articles not only of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, some for ignoble. But if a man cleanses himself from the latter, he's going to be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful for the master, and prepared to do any good work. In fact, flee evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, and love and peace, along with those who all call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. And don't, again, he says it again, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Because all they do is, you know, they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And that they will, here it is, will come to their senses and escape what? So in other words, people who refuse to listen to God's word. There's something spiritually going on. They're in a trap. And guess who makes the trap? Right? To come to their senses and escape the trap of the who? The devil, who is what? Who has taken them captive to do his will. Okay? Now, this is what we're going to see, folks. Again, this common thread. Satan picks people out, not only in the church with false teachings, heresies, trying to cause trouble and stuff. But in society, he handpicks people. Okay, and so a lot of times they come with, quote, church backgrounds, okay, which is kind of odd. Uh, but he handpicks them, and then he uses them for that time, that generation, to do his will, okay? In fact, let me break it down for you. Uh, that, that's what we're going to see tonight with this, this Crowley guy. And, and basically, what is Satan's will? Well, in our thread here, here's what he started once he came on with evolution that caused people to doubt God, just like Genesis 3. 
Then he comes on the scene and he starts picking these guys and he says, hey, I'm a good guy. Listen to me. I've got some great secret knowledge. I'm here to help the planet. I'll be your Messiah, your Savior, right? And if you just do what I say, we're going to bring utopia, a new age, a one world government. A wonder, it's going to be phen phenomenal, right? That's what he's doing with these people, right? And they are, unfortunately, were used to do his will. Now, the phrase there, they've come there to their senses to escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Trap is the Greek word pages, and it means to snare, to trap. Lit literally, I like this, literally a noose. And so Satan goes out and literally puts the noose around this person, right? And it isn't just like to lasso him, to corral him. Ultimately, he's not just a liar and the father of all lies, John chapter 8. He's a murderer. As we're going to see with these people, as far as I know, they never repented and received Christ and their Savior. So you know what he did? At the end, Satan tightened that noose all the way. They took their last breath and went straight to hell. But it isn't just a trap. It's just it's a noose. And what's the noose for? Just to crowd somebody? No, ultimately, it's to kill them. Now, taking them captive is the Greek word zagreo, and listen to this, it means to capture alive. That's what he does. He takes people, he grabs them, puts the noose out. They may not recognize the noose yet, but they're, they're held captive, but he catches them alive, and watch this, to do his will. Will in the Greek word there, you're gonna see this, is this word, thelema. Okay, and it literally means, yes, will, but also inclination, desire, pleasure, what one wishes. So this is what Satan does. He handpicks people, puts the spiritual noose around them that ultimately is going to lead to the death and go straight to hell. They don't get saved. Most of these people, unfortunately, it seems they don't. Okay, he captures them while they're still alive. Okay, to do what? To do his inclination, his desire, his pleasure, what Satan wishes. To, they, they now exist to do Satan's will. And again, folks, this is exactly what we're going to see with this next guy, Aleister Crowley. Okay, and he makes no bones about who he is following. Now, before I get into this, I wanted to share this. And uh, uh, when you get involved, unfortunately, and you see these people, you look at their earlier pictures, you look later in life, the ones who get involved in Satanism, certainly these people, but just anybody in general, when you start going down that route, okay, uh, following Satan, getting involved in the occult and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's not good for you. Now, you would, yeah, how many guys don't like learning things the hard way? Right? Well, you don't have to learn the hard way, and you should stay away from the cold and stop listening to Satan and all that baloney. Don't get involved in this stuff. Uh, you don't have to learn the hard way. Just, just obey what God says. He's, who warns us all over the scripture, don't get involved, don't get involved. We had 20 weeks on witchcraft. We're probably going to have 9,322 on Satanism. I don't know. Okay, but it, why? Because it's all over the scripture. So you don't have to learn the hard way. Just Unfortunately, people do. But if you want more proof that this stuff will literally kill you from the inside out. It reminds me, when you take a look at these before and after pictures of people getting involved with Satanism, people who get involved in drugs. Been there, done that, wish I wouldn't bought the t-shirt. Okay, and uh, you know, let me give you some ex examples. How to drug, it doesn't take long. You get involved, oh, it all, uh, it sins fun for a season, right? But then what, here comes payday, right? And this is this lady, eight months later, look at the transformation, right? when you start doing drugs. This was 11 months later uh, with this lady, okay, doing drugs. Three months later, uh, that guy turned into that guy. Uh, two and a half years later, look at that. That's like you aged 50 years, man, in two and a half years with doing drugs, okay? Three months later, right? Looked like a nice clean-cut guy and three months doing drugs, man. Look what happened to him. 
completely transformed. This lady, a year and a half of doing drugs, it will just eat you inside and out, not good. Okay, and two and a half years later, look what happened to that lady. Just complete transformation, right? And then look at Satanism. Levatsky, aren't they just great? Wouldn't you want to put them on, on a cereal box? Buy Cheerios! Hi, yeah! Hey, this car's great. I want to hire these guys for a commercial. Look at them. They're so happy. They're so... If you notice, and I'm telling you, you take a look at these pictures and wait till you see, we keep going. It's the same look. It's the same dark eyes, the same blank thing. You get involved with literally following Satan. It's no different than drugs. And of course, because you guys know I'm a loving shepherd, I love you. When you start to ingest evil, this is what happens to your brain. <laughs> right there. That's your brain. That's your brain on evil. Let's just deal with it. All right. But anyway, so basically, uh, let's take a look at this guy. Uh, Mr. Mr. Happy Face here, <laughs> right? And he's not just Mr. Happy Face. Uh, he is considered on historical record. Now, I don't know if, if it's a complete accuracy, but this is literally what he was called, the most evilest man that ever lived. It's in print. He was also known as the Great Beast. His mom called him that because he was raised in a Christian environment and rejected it, and he began to act like the devil, Right? But this is Aleister Crowley. He's an English guy, occultist, ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, and mountaineer. And he founded the religion that is all about listen to Satan, rebel against God, do whatever you want. Satan's got the goods. Listen to his advice. And do you know what he called his new religion that promoted Satan? Thelema. The exact word used in the scripture of those who are held captive to do Satan's thelema. That's what he called his religion, okay? Now, he also said that by following Satan instead of God, okay, that, uh, and he felt he was a prophet of this new religion of Satan. Listen to him, he's a good guy. He said it's gonna guide humanity into what he called the age of Horus. Now, if you remember back in our witchcraft study, that was uh, one of the things that we dealt with, the eye of Horus, right, the occult thing, okay? Now, what's interesting is, guess what? Blavatsky called what she received from demons uh, theosophy, and it's going to lead to a new age. And so here you have Crowley receiving from demons, we'll see in a second, Satanism, what he called thelema instead of theophysy, and he says instead of new age, it's the age of Horus. Okay, but same thing, right? Same thing, common thread uh, through and through. He was born into a wealthy family. He rejected, listen, his parents' Christian Plymouth Brethren faith. And we, we've dealt with this so many times before. How many times have we look at the background, a lot of these people involved in false teachings, heresies, pseudo-Christian cults, and, and the occult. And my heart goes out, I'm going like, something there was a disconnect there. What happened? And I know people are responsible. You can be faithful to preaching and teaching the truth, and people could know the truth, and they're still rejected, unfortunately. But I, I'm thinking, like, how could that happen? How could you know the truth and you reject it? And this guy didn't just reject it. He, he purposely went in the opposite direction as hard, as fast as he could. That's why his mom called him the beast. He lived like the beast, a satanic beast, from his mom. Right? Okay? And so he goes immediately from Christianity to esotericism, or basically the occult. In 1898, he joined the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, 
We saw that before in our witchcraft study. That's an occult group. That's who trained him in ceremonial magic. He moved to Loch Ness in Scotland in a place that he owned called the Bolskeen House. We'll talk about who bought that in a little bit. He studied Hindu and Buddhist practices in India, and he claimed to have been contacted by a supernatural entity. Okay? And here's the first one that he said was in contact with was, I don't know how you pronounce it, Awas, Iwas, whatever. But basically, supernatural entity is a code word for what? Demon. Right? So now he's in contact with him. Which, shocker, you reject Christianity, you get involved in false religions and Hinduism, Buddhism, you get into drugs and altered states of consciousness and in the occult, and hey, what shows up? Shocker, demons. Now this Iwas uh, critter is what Crowley, uh, Crowley said he heard first in 1904, a voice, and he describes it like this. He said, it came from over my left shoulder from the furthest corner of the room. It seemed to echo itself by my physical heart in a very strange manner, hard to describe. <clears throat> I had a strong impression that the speaker was in a body of fine matter, transparent as a veil, a cloud of incense smoke, eyes veiled lest their gaze should destroy what they saw. Well, that doesn't sound very friendly. And then he says, uh, he was, quote, an angel, this Iwas character, such as I'd often seen in visions uh, being purely astral, astral being out of the body, right? And so this critter comes up, he's admitting it basically is kind of evil, but, 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 but that's what the evil ones do. I, I believe him, it was an angel, but it was a fallen angel, which is also known as a what? A demon, right? But isn't that what Satan does? He appears as an angel of light. I'm here to help you. It's just, you know, same thing goes on, new age, all that stuff. So they, they convince people. But, but what was interesting about Crowley is he not only considered this Iwas an angel, even to the point he looked at it as, upon, as a, quote, guardian angel. It sounds good. But yet, on the other hand, uh, in one of his books, Magic, spelled with a K, I'll get to that in a second, uh, in Theory and Practice was the name of the book, he identified this Iwas character as, quote, the devil, Satan, and Lucifer whose emblem was the Baphomet. Remember that? That was started back here during this romantic time. The Baphomet is the typical figure that now they're putting monuments of the Baphomet, Satan, with kids looking up to him in our uh, courthouses around the country. Can you believe that? Okay. But so on the one hand, so he said, you're my guardian angel, but he admits you're what? You're devil, you're Satan, you're Lucifer. See, he thinks he's a good guy, right? Sounds like somebody's got a noose around you while you're still alive and you're about to become an instrument to do his will. Again, this, I found this absolutely crazy that he would name the new religion that. <laughs> Word used there to describe doing Satan's will. Now, so this Iwas character, right? We saw it before in our New Age study and the witch. When these things start speaking to you, they tell you, write it down, right? And this becomes basically the books that they promote. Well, this Iwas character, this demon, who he thought was literally, Crowley thought was literally the devil, Provided him with what was called, and we're going to see this uh, a lot moving forward, the book of the law. Okay, that's another writing he had. And this was the uh, text that served for the basis of his new religion, right? Thelema. Now, and this was, if you follow what's in this book, if you follow what's coming from this Iwas character, the devil, it's going to lead to this age of Horus. And what is the book? The book of the law. What is the big law? The law that this demon, Iwas, is telling to start a new religion around. 
It is do what thou wilt. That's it. That's the crux of it. Do what thou wilt. The whole thing's about rebelling against God. Do whatever what in the world you want to do. Now, who do you think that came from? That's Satan. That's the lie. Yeah. Don't do what God says. Do what you want. You can decide what's good and evil. You can do whatever you want. God, he's holding out on you. Same old lie, right? And they took this seriously. It's all about I. Now, as we move forward, Lord willing, for still alive and still here, we're probably going to have a whole message just on the crux. The number one law, I've said this so many times, and we're going to break it down eventually, Lord willing, the number one law of Satanism is this. This is where they got it from. Modern day Satanism, they got it from Crowley, okay, is do what you will shall be the whole of the law. That's the number one law. It's all about I, me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. Do whatever wants. What's the number one mandate that people have in our society today when they get out of bed? It's all about what? Self. Every, every commercial on TV, the whole goal of life is what? Pleasing self. I, 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 I. Folks, that's the number one law of Satanism. That's what started the fall of Satan, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, and that's the same lie that started the fall of man, Genesis 3. And now it's a virtue in our society. Our whole economy banks on it. It's nuts. We don't even recognize it. But let me give you an idea, and we'll just move on. Uh, one of his, his followers, because unfortunately, you got people to follow him, in this Thelema, they were called Thelemamites, uh, and this one, they, they would celebrate every time they did something for I. And tell me this is not satanic. Uh, this one young lady, she was made to drink the blood of a sacrificed cat and that they were required to cut themselves with razors every time they used the pronoun I. She just make an offering to, isn't this nuts? And yet I is what everybody lives for today. And they tell it's all about I. We're probably have, have at least one, maybe two whole studies blowing that thing out of the water. And how this do what you will I has permeated not just the world but even the church. And it came from Satan. It's what caused the fall of Satan. It's what caused the fall of man. It's the number one law of Satanism. And you wonder why our world's getting so devilish. It's because they're being taught the core issue of Satanism. Crowley also, uh, during his lifetime, uh, of course, it's all about I, reject Christianity, doubt God, listen to Satan. Now it's all about I, a whole new religion about that. And so he, what, what do you do? It's all about I. You do whatever you want to do. He got into uh, massive amounts of drugs, and part of it, that drugs got him into this altered state of consciousness. He was uh, bisexual, promoted homosexuality. Uh, he was an into, uh, uh, influential figure over, quote, counterculture. Go anything against Christianity is what he promoted. Uh, he also affirmed Nazism, Marxism, and Leninism, which aim to violently overturn society. What are we dealing with right now in our country? And where's this coming from? It's coming from Crowley, who's getting this from Satan, on the, on the line of these guys, and it all started with the doubt of, with evolution, with the doubt of God, and listen to Satan. It's all about doing what you want to do. It's the same common thread. What Crowley liked about, quote, Nazism and communism was the anti-Christian position and the revolutionary and socially subversive implications of these two movements. In their subversive powers, he saw the possibility of an annihilation of old religious traditions and the creation of the new religion of Thelema, right? 
So why do you want to push communism? Why do you want to push homosexuality? Why do you want to push bisexuality? Why do you want to push, it's all about you. Why do you want to push socialism, communism, Leninism? Why do you want to, because we can have it as a new religion, this I. But in order for that to happen, who do you got to get rid of first? Christianity, right? Okay, he was also influenced by, here it comes, social Darwinianism. Hey, there is no God. I'm not accountable to anybody. Remember Jeffrey Dahmer's testimony? He got saved just before they killed him in jail. And he professed, it was a strong profession too, got it on tape, remember that? Of turning to Jesus Christ. But remember what he said, why he did what he did? He not only was a homosexual, he was not just a murderer, a mass murderer, he was a homosexual cannibalist. Remember that? And he admitted the reason why he did, he said because in school they taught him evolution, that there was no God. And therefore, that gave him the excuse to do whatever he wanted to do because that's the lemma. That's right? So anyway, so that's, that's a big thing. Uh, and this, uh, all this stuff that we're talking about, this promotion of homosexuality, socialism, communism, do whatever you want, anti-God, anti-Christianity, anti-Judeo-Christian. Can I tell you who that also sounds like? The Democrat Party. That's become their agenda, right? It, it, we dealt with this in the, the election cycle. The last two election cycles, remember, we were like, this is strange. It's almost like we're in a spiritual battle. And when uh, Joe Biden said this is a, a battle for the soul of America, I don't think he was kidding. Because these guys, and I think some of them know that they're doing this, they're basically pushing Satanism. They're pushing this religion that came from Crowley that he called Thelema. But it's no different than Bavlatsky with theosophy. It's that do what you want, reject God, Satan's a good guy, and let's do what he says. Crowley was an uh, uh, advocate for complete sexual freedom for both men and women. Again, this, just think of the Democrat Party today. He argued that homosexual and bisexual people should not suppress their sexual orientation and that they uh, must not be af uh, afraid. And he actually was even a guy who praised Muslims, which is also something the Democrat Party does. It's, it's just nuts. Now, again, newspaper reporter, I believe this was in London, a guy named John Bull, he proclaimed Crowley as, quote, the wickedest man in the world. There was like nothing he wouldn't do or try. Sin, sin, sin. And you wonder why he looked the way he looked, okay? But hey, it's a good thing that nobody listened to him, only just a couple people. No, now we're going to get into his influence, okay? Now, remember, what was the tactic at the get-go? First, get people to doubt God. Then here comes these romantics, right? The age of intelligentsia. They're smarter. They got science and all this stuff. And what did they use? They used art. They used music. They used literature. I wonder what tactics that Crowley got to use and to get people to go with his new Satan religion. Same thing, right? He began to use the same tactics, okay? Uh, but he had a symbol. He had a symbol for his new religion of self, Thelema, okay? Uh, and you might recognize this a little bit from our witchcraft study. And here it is. And you can see it all basically, the whole thing in a nutshell is do whatever you want to do. Right? Basically be a little devil. Well, that's the message from the devil. Right? Now that is called the universal hexagram. And for those of you hooked on that witchcraft study we went through, that was one of the symbols we talked about. That's in witchcraft. All Crowley did 
was add that little five-leaf clover-looking thing in the center, but that basically became the symbol. So when you, if you see that out there today, that's what this is. That's the symbol of Thelema, uh, of this religion. Crowley was also the one, okay, that uh, spelled magic with a K. He started doing that to distinguish. It's not just, hey, look at these cards, and look at this, and you do like a, no, it was, this is the occult, right? And so that came from him. He was also not just involved in magic with a K, he was heavy duty into sex magic that we saw before uh, in our witchcraft study that they also promote, okay, and these rituals, right? And that's supposed to increase more power and all that kind of other stuff as well. Now, not so surprisingly, you've got basically he's using the same symbol as witchcraft. He's also uh, doing sex magic and magic and witchcraft. Uh, so guess who do you think he influenced? If you recall, he influenced this guy, Gerald Gardner. Gerald Gardner, if you recall from our witchcraft study, he's considered, quote, the father of Wicca. Right? He was influenced by Crowley. And he becomes the father of Wicca, which is the modern term for old-fashioned witchcraft that we're dealing with right now. But he was influenced by Crowley. By the way, this Gerald Gardner guy, guess what? His parents were Christians in the Plymouth Brethren faith. He turns away too. And then he becomes the father of Wicca. Now, another one that he influenced, and I'm talking about Crowley, who did he influence to go along uh, with this satanic message, uh, was this guy, Alex Sanders, okay? Uh, Gardner, the guy, the father of Wicca, he branched what was called Gardnerian witchcraft. Alex Sanders launched Alexandria witchcraft. Okay, this guy was considered the, quote, king of witches, okay? And, uh, but he was influenced by Crowley. He was also influenced by Blavatsky. He promoted what was called the left-hand, the right-hand path, uh, we dealt with that a little bit in our witchcraft study when we studied that guy. And that came from uh, Mrs. Happy Face, Blavatsky there. And that's where he got it from. But then he started promoting sex magic in witchcraft specifically. But he got that from Crowley, right? Notice it all blends together. Satanism, occult, witchcraft, hello, it's all from the same source. But Crowley is the one who influenced these people who has now been responsible for birthing basically the modern Wicca witchcraft movement that we're dealing with today. Crowley. Major influence on a lot of people, and including this guy. If you guys recall our study we did on Scientology. It's not science and it's not ontology. Okay? It is science fiction occult practices. Is, remember if you guys recall that study. But L. Ron Hubbard was huge. In fact, guess what? Started L. Ron Hubbard going down the occult path. The first three studies on that study in Scientology was all about his occult background. Well, guess what? Hubbard discovered magic, spelled with a K, at the age of 16 when he read a book by, guess who? Aleister Crowley. So Aleister Crowley was responsible for, in essence, has his hand in the satanic lie of Scientology. Okay? And, and again, as we saw before, Hubbard, if you're familiar with Scientology, you have to pay Scientology to get to these higher levels of knowledge that are supposed to make you more clear. Remember that? And we saw Hubbard got that whole idea for the premise of Scientology. Not only is a money-making scheme, but he got it because he had to pay Crowley when he wanted to get the next level of magic and sex magic rituals. He had to pay Crowley to get the next level. He just brought the same thing into Scientology, but it came from Crowley. 
okay, influencing him. In fact, as we saw before, uh, uh, Hubbard was doing sex max, uh, uh, magic rituals with this guy, Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons was the head of JPL Laboratories, the founder of it, you know, Jet Propulsion Laboratories, okay? And uh, they were doing occult activities, Hubbard and this guy, uh, Parsons, at Parsons' house called the Parsonage. And uh, Parsons was the, here it is, West Coast representative of Crowley's society called the OTO Society or the Ordo Templi Orentis. Okay? He was basically, you know, like some people sell Tupperware and you're the West Coast distributor. That's what, that's what Parsons was. He was the West Coast distributor of Crowley's teachings. Now, this was done at the Parsonage in Pasadena, which if you're hooked on L.A., that's right next to who? Hollywood. And if you think Hollywood uh, still isn't out there promoting Satanism and a bunch of this baloney. Oh, by the way, who does Scientology use historically to promote their lie? Hollywood elites. It's all in that same area, all this going on, but Crowley was the one who influenced it. In fact, I found this was interesting. Crowley wrote in the Book of the Law, from this Iwas demon creature that he said was flat out Satan and demons. He wrote in there, quote, every man and every woman is a star. He wrote that in 1904. And what does Hollywood call their elites? Star. I wonder if there's a Crowley connection there, right? Of all terms for you to use, right? Now, also, the uh, people that were involved in, uh, with uh, Parsons, and uh, back here in the parsonage with L. Ron Hubbard, okay, they were, quote, libertarian types who embraced Crowley's new religion of Thelema, okay, do what you will, that was their mandate, and they did everything they wanted, including drugs, quote, free love. You'll see here in a second, guess who influenced and helped launch the free love 60s revolution, which was what, a revolution against Christianity, and do whatever you want, drugs, whole night. Crowley. I'll get to that in just a second. So anyway, back to Parsons, Hubbard. They're, they're doing this sex magic that they get from Crowley. Uh, they, they were doing it with this lady that we saw, uh, if you recall, the Scientology study, Marjorie Cameron. They were doing a ritual called Babylon Working, where they were attempting to, quote, bring the Antichrist into reality. Because again, that's Satan's lie. There's coming, if you, if you reject God, do whatever you want to do, listen to Satan, we're going to build utopia, a new age, age of horse, it's going to be awesome, you can do whatever you want, you're going to have a one world government, and there's going to come this one world ruler, and, and, and he's, he's here to free us, and, that, and that's what they were trying to do, to bring in the Antichrist at that time. Hubbard also wrote Dianetics uh, a few years after all these things, okay, and uh, his son, Ronald DeWolf, this is Hubbard's son, said OTO, that's Hubbard's group, and black magic was at the inner core of Scientology. So Hubbard influenced all that, or, or, or Crowley did. In fact, Hubbard said, quote, he is the prince of darkness, speaking about himself. He also told his son that he believed he was the successor of Aleister Crowley, this is Hubbard, and that he had taken the mantle of the great beast, and that he said, he told his son, Hubbard told his son, that Scientology actually began on December 1st, 1947, the day that Aleister Crowley died. Wow. And then Hubbard mentions, uh, quote, the book of Revelation and its prophecy of a time when an arch enemy of Christ referred to as the Antichrist will reign. And again, they think it's great. 
And then he says, according to Hubbard, the Antichrist represents the forces of Lucifer. And you think, well, well, don't get involved in that. No, he says, quote, my mission, this is from Hubbard, could be said to fulfill the biblical promise represented by this period of the Antichrist. So he wanted to be on his team, promoting him, getting this from Crowley. It's crazy. And then Wolf, I'll end with this. Wolf said, my father did not worship Satan. He thought he was Satan. That's from L. Ron Hubbard, right? But again, who's influencing him? Crowley, right? Now, they also, uh, again, had a, a big influence on a bunch of other people, okay, uh, including uh, the uh, music industry. Because remember, what was the romantics? Art, music, literature. Crowley had a bunch of influence on uh, musicians, and those musicians, in turn, guess what they did? They promoted Crowleyism, Thelema, it's all about self, and they did it during what period? Free love, the 60s, you know, right there. You think, oh, man, what a, weird, what a weird time that was in the history of America, right? It's like, how do people react so different? How do they come out so anti? It was Crowley, folks. Crowleyism, the Thelema, right? Now, let me give you some of the musicians that he influenced back in the day, uh, starting with the Beatles. Uh, the Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, if you look at the top of the album, the second person from the left is Crowley's head. They were involved uh, with Crowley, right? Uh, they weren't the only ones. Pick about every major popular band in the 60s and 70s, they were all into Aleister Crowley. Next one, of course, is Rolling Stones. Uh, this, of course, is on the cover of their album, uh, Sympathy for the Devil. That's a title. And if you take a look there, Mick Jagger, what's he doing? The exact same pose, occult pose of who? Aleister Crowley. Nothing's by chance, folks. They'll tell you what they're up to. All right? In fact, somebody that was really specific about who they were listening to and falling to uh, was Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin, uh, on their Led Zeppelin third album, they made no bones about it. You were going to get indoctrinated into Satanism, Crowleyism, Thelema, uh, one way or another. And here's what they did. Uh, inscribed uh, on, the, on the actual original black vinyl record, so you can see there at the bottom, it says, So mode it be. And then if you flip it around on the other side, what's it say? Do what thou wilt. Ingrained, engraved on the actual album. Uh, that. And then speaking of which, guess who bought Aleister Crowley's house? Jimmy Page, the guitarist. Heavy. In fact, it was at the house there in Scotland is where they filmed their film, Led Zeppelin's The Song Remains the Same. That was there at Crowley's house, okay? Another guy who got into, and again, pick every 60s, 70s major, they're all into promoting this stuff. David Bowie, who recently passed away. I even read some reports, people saying, I, I think he was a Christian. Well, unless he repented of some serious stuff, I don't know. Because he was heavy duty into Crowley as well. Uh, in fact, he was uh, making reference to Crowley in his lyrics of his song, Quicksand, okay, uh, saying, here's just one line, I am closer to the, quote, golden dawn. What's he mean? Well, that was that occult society and all that stuff. And, of course, what's he doing? If people say, well, he's a weird dresser. He dresses kind of weird with all these weird, no, he, he's dressing just like Crowley. Right, and that's who he's following. In fact, uh, some would say Bowie's number one hit single, Let's Dance, even as far forward as 1983, uh, was paraphrasing Crowley's 1923rd poem called Lyric of Love to Leah. And so he's still apparently promoting uh, Crowleyism. And then, of course, who could forget Ozzy Osbourne, 
Uh, he just flat out came with a song called Mr. Crowley, which unfortunately was extremely popular uh, in that genre at that time. But as you can see, basically the 60s, the time of free love, rejection of God, Christianity, Judeo-Christian ethic, do whatever you want to do, free sex, free love, free this, drugs that, altered states of consciousness, free thinking, reject Christianity, accept Hinduism, Buddhism, the occult, anything you want, new age, these guys are basically, they're not just getting it from Crowley, they're picking up from the 50s, Parsons and Hubbard, they're just the next generation promoting Crowleyism. In fact, uh, secular people would agree this is where the 60s hippie movement came from, right? And I quote, one of Thelema's tenets and one of Crowley's major life mottos, do what you will shall be the whole law, was advocating individualism alongside Thelema's teaching that the world was approaching, quote, a new age. And there was a popular song that, uh, at this time, that was being promoted in this same genre about this new age. And of course, what's the new age in the context we're looking at? A satanic age, a Luciferian age, a new world order, whatever you want to call it. Listen to Satan, he'll bring peace to the planet. Reject God, reject Christian. That's the age they're talking about. The Bible calls it the seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist kingdom. It's the only book on the planet that tells you exactly what that means. But they call it the new age. But there was a song out there that encapsulated it. It was very popular. It got stuck in your head. The age of Aquarius. What age were they talking about? This same thing. Reject God, listen to Satan, and bring in this dawning of a new age, the age of Aquarius. What are they talking about? That Satan, a one world religion, a one world government, listen to him. It's going to bring utopia to the planet. Isn't it going to be great? Okay, and that's what's going on. But they said, quote, Crowley's Thelema beliefs, quote, led to the cultural revolution of the 60s, which embraced drug use, sexual liberation, as a response to, quote, a straight-laced society. Can I translate that? In rejection to Christianity. That's why the 60s movement was so whacked out and frankly spiritually wild, because it was a spiritual source. It came from Crowley who listened to demons. Now, now, speaking of demons, we're going to look at another demon that Crowley contacted. Uh, this one, of course, he would do drugs and all kinds of rituals and occult rituals and these entities, quote, plural, would appear to him. Now, the one that helped him get kick-started to start this religion of self, Thelema, Iwas, this next one, we saw this in our witchcraft study, he called Lamb. And this one it's on record, Crowley actually drew a drawing of this entity that came to him that promoted this, Satan's a good guy, we need a new world order, age of Horus, he's going to bring peace to the planet and reject Christianity and all that stuff. But here's the picture that he drew of Lamb. Now what's that look like? You're right. Now wait a second. Could it be that Aliens are just really demons in disguise and they're being used to promote, listen to this, this whole same lie we've been seeing the last couple weeks. Reject God. Christianity's got it wrong. Satan's a good guy who's come to free us. And if we do what he says, work together as a planet and bring in a one world government, a one world 
religion, a one-world economy, and follow a one-world ruler will bring a new age on the planet. I mean, surely those guys aren't teaching the same lie, are they? Yes, they are. And I want to close with that tonight. We dealt with this very briefly in a witchcraft study, but I want to give the biblical case for this. Okay? But in our context, these supposed aliens are coming all the way across the galaxy to basically say, reject God, Satan's good guy, build a new world order. Really? And let me give you a biblical quick, the fastest biblical explanation for UFOs and aliens you've ever seen in your life. Hang with me. All right? This is why we know that they're demons. I don't think it's by chance that that's what he drew. I don't think it's by chance it looks exactly like a so-called gray alien because they're one and the same. It's a demon, folks. They just changed their name. Of course, they're not going to show up. Hey, I'm a demon. <laughs> but you know what? If you say, I'm an alien from outer space, people will listen. And they are. Now, let me give you just some of the proofs that you know what you're dealing with here, uh, that they are demonic in nature. First of all, they lie. John chapter 8 uh, Satan's not a, a murderer and been one from the beginning. He's a what? He's a liar and he's the father of all lies. So anytime, ultimately, something that's based on a lie, where does it come from? Satan. The whole premise of UFOs and aliens are what? They're a higher evolved rate. Whoa, whoa, evolution. Their whole identity is based on what? Evolution, which is a lie. If you don't think it's a lie, get our study, a 42-week study on creation versus evolution called the witness of creation. It's a lie. So right out of the gates, you lied to me that you're this higher evolved. They not only lie, like demons, they also lie about their technology, right? In the late 1800s, they actually, it's in historical record, they appeared to people in the sky in a blimp and said, we're here from Mars. And then just a couple decades later, it's the classic silver disc. What? So you, and this is what they told people. So you mean to tell me you came all the way from Mars on a blimp? Or that your technology improved that much that in a couple of years you got rid of the blimp thing and you got here by, no, you're lying. What they do is they mimic the flying technology of each generation to fool that generation. You're lying. And then only lie, again, they teach lies, right? Let's take a look at messages. These are supposedly from aliens, and this is what they've supposedly come all the way across the universe to tell you and I, right? This is on record. Number one, all of us are little gods. What? The earth is a living entity and we need to worship her and change our ways or we'll be destroyed. Jesus, Muhammad, and Buddha all came from the ETs to assist mankind in our next step of what? Evolution. Evolution is needed not only to get people to doubt God, but it's to fall for this new age satanic lie that we're going to evolve spiritually this time, not just physically, into a new age. There's no such thing as sin. We don't need to be saved from these so-called aliens. Orthodox Christianity's got it all wrong. Jesus' real message was to teach us that each one of us can become Christ's, right? Uh, to aid in contacting these heavenly beings, the UFO people, one should refrain from certain foods and practice medi um, uh, meditation. And mankind, here it is, needs to unite into a one-world government and a one-world religion or we'll be destroyed. What's that sound like? The same baloney these guys are getting from demons too. It's the exact same message. It's specifically... They said this, supposedly from the other ends of the universe. Quote, the devil or Lucifer is actually a good guy who's here to free us. Really? You come all the way across, supposedly from the universe, millions and millions of years, and you want to promote the Antichrist kingdom, slam Jesus, God, in the Bible, and um, say Satan's a good guy. 
I think that's pretty demonic. And that's what these guys say. Walter Martin, he says, the key to understand their identities is their theology. They're all saying the same thing. They're bad-mouthing bad the Bible. They don't smack on Muhammad, Confucius, none of those guys. It's just Christianity, right? And he says it's demonic. That's what you're dealing with here. John Agerberg, he says, in light of these messages given by UFO entities, how credible is it to think that thousands of genuine ETs would fly millions or billions of light years just to teach New Age philosophy, deny Christianity, and support the occult? Why would they do this when we already got tons of this already on this planet, right? And why would they lie about things consistently that we know are true, and why would they purposely deceive their context? Because they're demons, right? But that's what's uh, going on there. The next one is they communicate like demons. Now, how did people, I just read what they teach, but how did people get uh, those teachings, right? They got into an altered state of consciousness, just like Blavatsky, Basant, Bailey, and Crowley, and all of a sudden, aliens appeared and began to speak to them, right? Well, uh, guess what? The Bible says uh, you shouldn't be involved in any of that stuff, right? This is what's called being a medium, uh, Deuteronomy 18, let no one be found among you who sacrifices a son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination, sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or cast spells, or who is a medium, including for a so-called ET, or a spiritist, or one who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable, okay? Uh, and so you would have us to believe that that's uh, something that we need to do, that the only way you're supposed to be this higher evolved race with this super technology, way better than man, that's how you got here, supposedly from the edge of the universe, and the only way I can have a conversation with you is to use an occult technique that God forbids. Really? You think we could do walkie-talkie, uh, send me an email, tap into my cell phone? Oh no, the only way I can get this incredible information in order to save the planet is I have to get involved in occult practices. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, people are doing that. In fact, I found this is interesting. First Timothy 4.1, the Spirit clearly says that when in the latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, things taught by what? Demons. That's what these people are doing. That's what these UFO things are doing. And unfortunately, people are following that. Uh, real quick, they travel like demons. Demons are fallen angels. Angels, the scripture is very clear. They pop in, they pop out. They're interdimensional right? We, they, we have our realm, the physical realm. They have the spirit realm, right? And they can pop in, pop out, things that nature. Well, guess how these things travel? They act more spiritual in nature, not so much physical. By the way, I will say this. I believe that probably 95 or higher percent of what people see in the sky that they want to say is a UFO, I think it's actually military aircraft. So advanced that you just, you want it to be, but it's not. I really think that's the bulk of it. But I do think there's a thin slice that are what I'm talking about, that's duping people, supposedly, with these abduction things and all that stuff that, that's uh, going on there. But let's go back with how they travel. Uh, they clock them at speeds at 15,000 miles an hour, making right turns, which would destroy anything physical. You'd be road pizza, right, with the inertia involved in that. Uh, they make no sonic boom like a normal physical object does. Radar has never recorded the actual entering of a UFO in our atmosphere. They just pop in. You know, if they were really from outer space, you would think, hey, hub, uh, the telescope's picking them up. Here they come around the horn of Jupiter, a whole fleet of them. They're going to be here in two days and 14 minutes. You know, haven't you seen the movies, right? It's never that way. All of a sudden, they're just on the radar. They pop right out of the radar. What happened to that? They just appear in the sky, and then what? they're just gone. That's why these are secular researchers. They say there's no evidence yet that any of these crafts originate from outer space. 
They believe they're coming from another dimension, from inner space. Quote, one theory, this is, these are secular UFOologists. One theory that can no longer be taken very seriously is that UFOs are interstellar spaceships. They're not coming from the other side of the galaxy. And that's secular people. Oh, if you want more proof that you're actually dealing with demons, they possess people. When people typically uh, have an encounter with one of these things that are not a military aircraft, okay, uh, they not only want to speak through you, which is possession, they want to completely possess you. It's like, what, don't you have your own body? Why do you want my body? Who does that sound like? Now, they don't say, I want to possess you. <laughs> people freak out. So what they call is, I, 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 let me, you, I'll be a, a walk-in. We'll just walk inside you. And you become a disseminator of this wonderful truth that these people throughout history since the 1800s have been trying to tell you that mankind desperately needs to hear that Satan's a good guy, new world order. You, and then you become a star child, a disseminator of this truth, just like Crowley and all the others. That's how they phrase it. And, and wonder of wonders, when people have encounters with these, sometimes they act like they're possessed. Watch this. On the evening of October 25th, 1973, a young Pennsylvania farmer, Stephen Pulaski, and at least 15 other witnesses saw a bright object hovering over a field near them. Stephen grabbed his rifle and went to investigate. It was then that he noticed something walking along by the fence. They were hairy and long-armed, with greenish-yellow eyes, and a smell like burning rubber was present. Stephen sensed that these creatures were not friendly and fired a tracer bullet over their heads. And when they kept on coming, he fired directly at one of them. The creatures then all disappeared into the woods, and the glowing object disappeared from the field instantaneously. UFO researchers, as well as a state trooper, were called in to investigate. When they arrived, the people there told them that Stephen had been growling like an animal and flailing his arms. His own dog ran toward him, and Stephen attacked the dog. Stephen then collapsed and after a time began to come to his senses. The entire group commented on the nauseating, sulfur-like odor that was present. So alien showed up, this guy's acting all of a sudden like he's possessed or something, and then it smells like sulfur. <laughs> now, if you notice anything about occult and occult tales of when actual demons, guess what they smell like sometimes? Same thing, watch this. The Amityville Horror was based on a factual account of what happened to a family in Amityville, New York. An irritating and nauseating odor seemed to accompany the presence of the ghost or spirit entity that entered there from time to time. Whitley Stryber wrote of his abduction experiences in his book, Communion. He said he could smell their presence and that it smelled like sulfur. Again, sulfur, not a stale cheeseburger, rotten milk, a bucket of stinky fried chicken. That's, ooh, ugh. But sulfur, well, and notice it's when aliens supposedly show up and then demons show up. They smell the same. Oh, well, what's the Bible say, right? Take a look at that, Revelation 19.20. But the beast, the Antichrist, was captured, and with him the false prophet who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf, and with these signs he deluded those who received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fire lake of burning sulfur. That's kind of interesting. I'm sure that's just a quinky dink. Okay. So they possess people. 
and people act possessed. Uh, and that's why, real quick, the UFOologists are saying, and these are secular guys, been studying this issue for 30, 40, 50 years. They're saying, you know what? You know all those stories you hear about in the Bible and history about demons? Uh, the aliens are probably the same thing. Watch this. Jacques Vallée, he says, we're dealing with yet unrecognized level of consciousness independent of man, but closely linked to the earth. In other words, they're not coming from outer space. It's here. I don't believe anymore that UFOs are simply the spacecraft of some race of ET visitors. The notion is too simplistic to explain their appearance, the frequency of their manifestations throughout recorded history. An impressive parallel can be made between UFO occupants and the popular conception of what? Demons. That's one of the top historical guys ever on the topic of UFOs is saying that. He also goes on and says this, the medical examination to which abductees are subjected, accompanied by sadistic manipulation, is reminiscent of what? Medieval tales of encounters with demons. And the symbolic display that they go through are identical to the initiation rituals or astral voyage embedded in the occult traditions of every culture. So the abduction stories and the experiments that these aliens are doing on them are a carbon copy of occult initiation rituals. Secular guy. He said, therefore, he says, the structure of abduction stories is identical to occult initiation rituals. Another guy said, uh, Lynn Cato, a large part of the UFO literature is linked with mysticism and the metaphysical. It deals with telepathy, automatic writing, invisible entities, phenomena like poltergeists, ghost manifestations, and possession. Many reports now are being published, uh, account alleged incidents that are strikingly similar to what? Demonic possession and psychic phenomena. A uh, French uh, uh, UFO guy says, UFO behavior is more akin to what? Magic uh, than physics as we know it. And the modern UFO knots and demons of the past days are probably what? Identical. And John Keel, he's one of the big top guys. He said, the manifestations and occurrences described in this imposing literature on demonology are similar, if not entirely identical to the UFO phenomenon itself. The UFO manifestations seem to be, by and large, merely minor variations of the age-old demonological phenomena. In other words, it's the same old demonic lie, but people don't want to believe in the devil or Satan anymore, so he's still going to do his dirty deeds, but how's he going to get people to receive him, listen to him, and his instructions? He's just going to change the wording. He's going to change the packaging. We're not demons, even though you look exactly like lamb that appeared to Crowley. We're the gray aliens here from the star system Pleiades to give you the secret message. And the secular guys are saying the same thing. It's repackaged, custom tailored for our society that has rejected God and is more interested in science. And Hollywood's brainwashing people. I mean, haven't you watched Star Wars or Star Trek? Everybody knows aliens are real. More people right now in the United States of America believe that aliens are real than the existence of God. More people believe that aliens have landed on planet Earth than, than Jesus is the Son of God. Somebody's a brilliant liar, okay? But let me give you just real quick, shocker. How do you get rid of these things? And I'm not, ta I'm not talking demons. I'm talking about UFO occupants. Well, it just happens to be the same way you get rid of demons. Mark chapter 1, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach. Just then a man in their synagogue was possessed by an evil spirit, a demon, cries out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently, and he came out with him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this, a, a new teaching then with authority? He even gives Jesus, gives orders to the evil spirits, the demons, and they what? They obey him. There's only one name under heaven which men might be saved. 
anybody want to be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. There's only one name under heaven that demons must obey, cower, and flee, and it's Jesus Christ. 100% of the time, if these things do show up, how do you get rid of them? You say the name of Jesus Christ, and they flee. Quick report. Watch this. My name is Joe Jordan, and I'm the state section director for the Mutual UFO Network for Ballard County, Florida. I'm also lead field investigator. When we get a call for an investigation, we take all the information we could over the phone, and then we send investigators out, sometimes myself, sometimes other investigators working with me, and we follow up to do an investigation report. To these people, they were sincere, they had sincere experiences, and they were looking, a lot of them looking for help, and they felt that being that we were involved as researchers and investigators, that we could be some help to them. My name is Joyce Ahrens. Um, I'm a floral designer. I was laying in the bed, my husband and I, and I was laying on my right side. And all I could see when I opened my eyes, all I could see was this red light above the window, and I could see my husband's shoulder, but I was like paralyzed. His skin looked like elephant skin. He had the big bulbous head with the big wraparound eyes. As an honest researcher, I realized that I couldn't just count these people out because there's the stuff that they had was so bizarre. Most of the researchers in the realm had said it wasn't possible to, to stop an experience. Knowing that, I called some of the leading researchers in the country. So I said, guys, I've got a very unusual case here. This man, we'll use the name Bill, and during his experience in fear, he calls out, Jesus, 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 or Jesus, please help me. By calling out, he abruptly stops his abduction experience. These entities can be stopped in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. Launch down in Coco, this was after I accepted Jesus Christ. They tried to come. And I kept saying, no, no, you're not doing this. And I took on the empowerment of Jesus Christ, and I stopped that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. These are spiritual entities. Taking on the empowerment of Jesus Christ puts a stop to a lot of things. And he's helped me a great deal. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So how's the old saying go? If it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it acts like a duck, it's probably what? So these UFO aliens thing, supposedly if it, um, you know, uh, talks like a demon, it lies like a demon, it travels like a demon, it possesses like a demon, it's rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ like a demon, what are you probably dealing with here? Demon, real quick as we close, the last one, see, here's the deal. These things have just been repackaged. Maybe people don't want to get into uh, occult practices like Crowley in order for Lamb to appear and tell you, Satan's a good guy. We need a new world order, a one world religion, right? So let's just call these lamb creatures aliens, and they'll listen to them. But remember, this thread of Satanism, what was the lie? Not just reject God, 
and Satan's a good guy, and we need a one-world religion, a one-world ruler. We're going to create a new age, which the Bible says is seven-year tribulation. Stay away from it. It's the Antichrist kingdom. But what was the other thing these, these people said these entities told them? None of that can start until what? Certain people disappear. Then this so-called new age, the Antichrist kingdom, can appear on the planet. Now, these repackaged lamb critters, demons, called aliens, they're serving double duty because they're not only promoting this same lie, one world ruler, religion, government, Satan's a good guy, but they're double timing because they have now become the perfect excuse to explain away what? The rapture, right? And here's what the Bible says, right? They're deceiving people. They become the excuse to explain away the rapture, which you think about it from the enemy's shoes. When that happens, you better have some sort of excuse and if you're, and you're evil and you don't want people to say, well, Christians were right and, and get saved by the boatloads, you need to come up with something to steer them off track, right? And that's what we see the classic passage, one of them, 1 Thessalonians 4, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up that's where you get your rapture from, caught up harpazo together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever. Now, the proof to think that these demons, as we saw, they said Satan's a good guy, we need a one world government, right? Guess what they're also saying? They're saying you're going to come a point in time when people are going to disappear from the planet, but those of you left behind, don't worry, you're a chosen one. And it was us, not Jesus, not God, not the rapture. Don't even think that thought. It was the aliens who came and got them. Watch this. More of those channel messages. Barbara Marciniak, she said this in her book, Bringers of the Dawn, supposedly aliens from the star system played. He said this, quote, there will be great shiftings within humanity on this planet. It will seem that great chaos and turmoil are forming, that nations are rising against either, uh, each other in war. Earthquakes are happening more frequently. Earth is shaking itself free. A certain realignment period uh, adjustment is to be expected. The people who leave the planet during the time of earth changes do not fit here any longer. And they, Christians, are still stopping the harmony of the earth. You know, Satan's going to bring this utopia, and they keep rejecting it. They're messing it up. When the time comes that perhaps 20 million people leave the planet at one time, there will be a tremendous shift in consciousness for those who remain. You come all the way across the galaxy, supposedly, to say Satan's a good guy, reject God, Jesus has got it all wrong, don't listen to Christians, set up a new world order, a one world government. Oh, and by the way, don't be shocked when people disappear from the planet. Who did it? Well, it was the aliens. This lady, she wrote in her project, A New Ager, again, demons speaking to her, Project World Evacuation. Here's what the aliens told her, and all over the globe where events warrant it. Uh, this will be the method of evacuation. Mankind will be lifted, levitated, shall we say, by the beams from our smaller ships. The great evacuation will come upon the world very suddenly. The flash of emergency events will be as lightning that flashes in the sky. But don't be concerned or upset if you don't participate in this first temporary lift of the souls uh, who serve with us. In other words, hey, don't, if you're left behind, you didn't disappear, don't worry. The Bible says you just entered in the worst time in the history of mankind, seven years ago, you liar. And then they, they say this, no, I'm sure, uh, this just merely means that your action in the plan is elsewhere. You're going to be taken for your instructions. You'll receive them in some other manner. Uh, don't take any personal front if you're not alerted or participate in this first phase of the plan. Your time will come later, and these instructions are not necessary for you at this time. So, that, you know, the aliens, we beamed them up, but you're left behind. Don't worry about it. We'll give you instructions later. 
One guy in summation said this, for almost 2,000 years the Christian belief is that God will evacuate the earth of all born-again believers prior to his pouring out of his wrath, the seven-year tribulation. But for many years now, many involved in the New Age movement, and dare I say Satanism, and all these guys, including Crowley, and now UFOology, messages from aliens and spirit guides are saying that Mother Earth will soon cleanse herself by ejecting all those with bad vibratory patterns, the Christians, to another realm, allowing the ascended masters and aliens to help bring a what? Golden age upon the earth. Where have we heard that before? Folks, it started way back here. Evolution got people to doubt God in the 1800s. Right after that, here comes romantic. Satan's a good guy. And if we do what he says, it's going to lead to a golden age, a new age, age of horse. It's the same lie from Satan. Okay? Now, uh, speaking of disappearing, Remember we saw that Crowley, Pasadena, that area, he had a, a, the OTO, Parsons was headquartered there, right next to Hollywood, uh, and we haven't even got to the promotion. Hollywood's a huge promoter of this lie, okay? But I believe Hollywood is out there helping to prepare this second lie from these aliens, lambs, demons, whatever you want to call them, because in case you can't visualize that when you see people going up in the sky, I'm telling you, don't think rapture. Haven't you watched the movies? It was aliens that sucked them up in their ships. Right? Stephen Hawking, astrophysicist and arguably one of the smartest people on the planet, warned us about the possibility of aliens from outer space. Hawking says that if extraterrestrials visit us, the outcome might be similar to when Columbus landed in America. In other words, it didn't turn out too well for Native Americans. Haven't you been watching the movies, those you left behind? I mean, you may have actually seen people get sucked up in the sky. It was the aliens. And of all things to be the tagline for that alien sucking people up movie, it was don't look up, which is the exact opposite of what Jesus said. When these things take place, what do you do? You need to stand up, lift up, look up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And dare I say, that the churches, not just Christians, who refuse to believe in a literal devil, they don't know nothing about him, they don't even believe he exists, they don't know anything about his character, his tactics, that don't, hey, don't make me study about the history of this guy and what he's doing and how he's invading the church and society. Uh, you know what they're falling for? They're falling for this lamb, alien, demon lie. To the point, and I quote as we close, a recent survey was taken at Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary, and they were asked about the impact of their faith concerning the announcement of official extraterrestrial disclosure. 
that aliens are real, whatever. And here's what they said in that survey. They said, quote, their religion would be just fine, no problem. I'd share a pew with an alien any day. Wow. But no, don't study about Satan. That's freaky stuff. Don't talk about demons. Don't talk about UFOs. Don't talk about prophecy. Don't talk about wrath. Don't talk about sin. You know, in fact, you know what, what you need to do? You need to just tell me how to build my self-esteem, how self can be financially successful, how self can have the most learn to be a better you. What is every one of those? What's the core of every one of those? Where's it coming from? That's how far it's infiltrated the church. Now, where it goes from here, okay, and our next one, and this is where you get into where more people typically think of Satanism today, and it's this guy, Anton LaVey. Doesn't he look happy and fulfilled? Yeah. So Lord willing, we'll get into that. This is where we have today from him the so-called Satanic Bible, okay? Uh, and again, from him, the laws begin to come forth, come straight out of Crowley, and the number one law is do what you will shall be the whole of the law. That's at the core of modern Satanism. And uh, we'll get to that, Lord one next time. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God out of love gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's His standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. 
Hey folks, that's just five out of 10. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.